Welcome to the campfire, the only place where friends and strangers alike sit down and tell tales in truth or fiction in exchange of my blessing of their safe travels. Allow me to relight the fire while you relax and listen. Make your mind wander about the reality we live in. The story I'm about to tell you is from a traveler named Thorn Beach. He called this experience. The world ended on January 1st, 2022. Please allow me to tell you his tale. It happened late. I suppose these things always do. The end of the world isn't exactly a rise and shine operation. You know, it's a big decision, nuclear war. You think you're ready to drop the bombs, but then you figure it's probably best to sleep on it. Then you wake up and think maybe, just maybe, we'll first see how the day plays out. Maybe somebody convinces you not to press the button. Maybe the world gives you a reason it shouldn't go up in smoke like the stock market like the riots in the streets, like the futures of an entire generation. Or maybe there are no reasons. Maybe starting fresh is all that's left, and cleaning humanity off of this rock is the only truly moral choice left to make. I don't know. All I know is it's been a week since the blast. A week since I ran to the bunker. Alone, forced to leave my family behind. If that sounds callous, then just know it wasn't me who abandoned them. They abandoned me. They were disbelievers. All of them. They called me crazy for building the bunker. Called me insane for stockpiling canned rations 10 feet under the dirt. I tried to explain to them that we were running out of time. That if they cared enough to open their eyes, there were signs that the end was coming. But to them, that was just noise. More chatter from a lunatic. They stuck their noses up at me all the way to the end. When the air raid sirens sounded, my wife grabbed my son and daughter and screamed at me to leave the house, to never come back. So I did. I left them there. There simply wasn't any time to fight her for the kids. To fight the kids who were wholesale convinced I was a fraud. A liar. The bombs were coming and the bunker was a hundred feet away. Buried beneath the forest behind our farm. I didn't have a choice, you understand. No choice but to run, so that's just what I did. I ran and ran, with tears in my eyes for my family. And just as I closed the heavy steel door of the bunker, I felt the low rumble of the first explosion. Then the next. As I said, it's been a week. I figure the worst of the fallout has dissipated by now. It'll be just the fires that are left. The fires that there's nobody left to put out. Soon though, once the flames have exhausted their supply of wooden homes and fuel-laden vehicles, they'll die too. And then the new world will emerge. The dead world. The dark truth is that the nightmare of nuclear Armageddon takes place in three stages. The first is what people often assume to be the worst. The bombs. The explosions. The mushroom clouds and the screaming and the running and the sirens. Truthfully though, that's the easy part. At that stage, you're just afraid or dead. That's all. After that comes the flames and radiation. They do some damage, maybe more than the bombs when you consider the pain inflicted. But even they pale in comparison to the third stage. The dead world. In the dead world, the strings that tie us together are burned away. There are no rules. There are no customs. There is no humanity. It's chaos, unbridled and hopeless. Raiders roam smoldering city streets, pillaging and raping and torturing for scraps of food. 
People are rounded up like cattle, butchered, and eaten. That, I think, is the stage we're beginning to enter. The stage of desperation. Even now, I hear a band of raiders above me. I've made certain my bunker is well hidden, but the blasts may have swept away the dirt camouflaging my hatch. It's possible I could be found. In moments like these, I'm almost glad my family perished in the blast. I shudder to think what the monsters above would do to them, to my wife and my daughter. Still, I've covered my bases. The raiders likely arrived to see if there were any animals left alive on the farm, or crops left to reap. They wouldn't be here looking for underground bunkers. Bang, bang, bang. The sound echoes around my bunker like a heart attack. I freeze. Through inches of steel, I hear the muffled chorus of humans shouting. Moving. Bang, bang, bang. There's more shouting. I slink to the wall of my bunker, pick up my rifle, and load around into the chamber. I'm panicking for no reason, I tell myself. I'm making much ado about nothing. Even with a band of raiders, there's simply no way they could break the reinforced steel hatch. Not with a pair of bolt cutters. Not even with a welding torch. Kerchunk. There's the sound of something clanking on metal. Like a carabiner. A hook. Did they attach something to the handle? Above me, an engine roars to life. Something powerful. A truck, maybe. It screams as its wheels tear into the dirt and my pulse races. I grip my rifle, raising it toward the hatch. Toward the intruders. The hatch shudders. It shudders like it's going to bend, warp, but instead, it snaps clean off. I'm blinded by the afternoon sun. I shield my eyes as best I can, but there's no shielding my lungs from the fallout in the air. I'm armed. I scream, hacking a cough. I'll blow the heads off of any of you fucks that want to try me. There's a beat of silence. Mr. Fulton, a voice blares over a megaphone. You're under arrest. Come out with your hands up. You think you're going to fool me with that spew? I snarl. I cock the rifle and let off a warning shot through the open hatch. Birds scatter from the trees above. How many closer and the next bullet's going straight through your heads? Something drops from the hatch. It's small, oval-shaped, and it bounces on the steel floor once, twice, before rolling to a stop. It's a metal canister. Smoke hisses out of it. I open my eyes and realize I've been abducted, stolen away. The familiar steel walls of my bunker are gone, replaced with cream wallpaper and drab lighting. It's an office building, or at least it was one before the world went tits up. Where am I? I ask, groggily. My head is throbbing, vision still blurry from the gas. You're at the precinct. I'm Detective Veneer and I'll be conducting your interview. Interview. The room around me is sparsely furnished. There's nothing between me and the liar but a wooden table, a cup of coffee, and some empty creamer. It's a nice set, but it isn't fooling me. I don't have anything more than what was in that bunker. You here. So you can call your raiding party back and let me go. Why did you do it? I don't reply. He's fishing for answers, fishing for details he can use to find my backup rations buried out back behind the bar. I won't say a word, though. No matter how much I'm gaslit. What's the matter? A liar says, standing up and adjusting his tie. Was a week not enough time to dream up an alibi? It occurs to me that he's gone through a lot of effort to put up this ruse. To pretend society isn't a fractured, crumbling memory. He's even dressed the part. I don't know what you're talking about, I say. The bombs, he snaps. You don't know about the bombs. My mouth twitches. What the hell was his angle? 
to throw so many competing stories at me that I started questioning my own reality. Of course, I know about the bombs, I spit. I've known about the bombs for a long time. Anybody could have seen this coming. His fist hits the table. There's anger in his eyes, rage like I've never seen before. His facade is slipping. How long? Long enough to build a bunker and survive the blast. And your family. My voice dies in my throat. How? I say, hoarsely. What the hell gives you the right to talk about my family? Where are they? He's looking for a reaction. He's trying his best to get me emotional, to get me to let down my guard long enough to spill my secrets and tell him about the cash behind the bar. They're dead, I tell him. They died in the blast. A liar masquerading as a detective leans over the prop table. He taps his finger on the surface. What blast? He says. My jaw clenches. My hands ball into fists. I want to leap across the table and slug the motherfucker for invoking my loved ones. For cursing me with the pain of their memory. But then he wins. Then he knows he can get me talking with the proper stimulation. I'm not talking, I tell him. No, he says. What blast? I don't know. I snap. I wasn't standing around to count how many bombs fell, to point out which one killed my family. But you were standing around when we opened your bunker, weren't you? You saw the trees, the birds, how many nukes hit your farm, do you think? Must be pretty sturdy bird nests. I open my mouth to speak, but the words aren't there. The liar doesn't seem to mind, in fact, it seems he realizes he's found my weak point. He knows I'm breakable now. Fuck. He walks around the table, sizes me up, then stalks over to the blinds covering the windows. He gives them a tug. More sunlight. It's blinding, again. I hear the sound of a window sliding open, and suddenly my ears are assaulted with lies. A symphony of deception. Cars honking. People yelling in the street. Music. Then the world comes into focus, and I see just how deep this act goes. They've set up a projector on the wall. It's a film reel from the old world, with its tall buildings. It's people walking to and from work, and it's cars spitting methane into the air. It took me a week to find your bunker. The liar says, coming back around to his chair. He slips a laptop from a bag beneath the table. I had to comb through your online activity. Match up receipts. Call the company that installed your tin can. It took some work, but we figured out where you were hiding eventually. I don't speak. Their operation is more sophisticated than I expected. Much more and I can't risk making a misstep. Let me tell you what happened, Mr. Fulton. You fell down a rabbit hole, a deep one of online conspiracy. You convinced yourself the world was ending, that psychic vampires were living among us, infecting our every level of society. You convinced yourself that the only way to stop them was to start from scratch, and that our world leaders knew this and planned a global nuclear strike for New Year's Day, 2022. My body is shaking. As much as I try to pretend his lies aren't affecting me, they are. It's poison to my ears. You're one of them, aren't you? A psychic vampire. Bitter too, I bet since there won't be enough food for you to sustain yourselves on. Not now that humanity is halfway to extinction. The liar gives me a hard look, then opens his laptop. He clicks around some, types a bit on the keyboard, then turns the screen around to face me. 
It's a picture of my house. It's blown to pieces. There's barely anything left but wooden splinters and smoldering ashes from the blast. See this? He taps something in the bottom corner of the image. It's a mess of colors, of pixels. It's red, pinkish, and scattered in several pieces. That's your daughter, he says. My jaw drops. A sinking feeling grows in the pit of my stomach. Unshakable and awful. Still, I knew there would be horror in the aftermath of nuclear war. I knew. I also knew it would be a necessary price to pay. He taps another section of the screen. The picture zooms in. Over here, we think this might be a piece of your wife's skull. Though it could also be your son's. Their corpses are in so many pieces it's hard to say which hock of flesh belongs to who. I don't want to look at this. Put it away. Wait, he tells me. You haven't seen the best part. More tapping. More zooming in. This time the pixels are dark. There's something 30 feet away from the rubble of the house. Something gray. And familiar. My stomach twists. What's the matter? You set that speaker up, didn't you? Put it right there in the yard. I don't want to be here. This isn't real. It's a lie. All of this is a lie. A sophisticated psyop designed to trick me into emotional vulnerability. Staged by psychic vampires to feed off of my pain. Yes, that much is clear to me now. This is too sophisticated for the average raider. Since reality seems to confuse you, Mr. Fulton, let me tell you what happened. The vampire leans back, a smug smirk on his weasel face. You rigged your own house with enough explosives to sink a battleship. Bombs were planted everywhere from under the couch to inside the walls. You set it to blow the day the nukes were supposed to fly. Why? That's simple. You didn't want anybody finding any hints about where your bunker was. Just in case the ICBMs missed your rural slice of buttfuck nowhere. You didn't want your family above ground, freely able to give away your location to psychic vampires. This is textbook emotional manipulation. A specialty of his breed. I won't let him have his way with me though. I won't let him feed off of me. He reaches into his bag and pulls out an old book. My journal. Picked this up in your bunker, Fulton. He flips through the pages. Reading through it, you'd almost think you gave a damn about your family. After all, the sirens were for them, weren't they? You set them up to play hoping it had convinced them at long last that nuclear war was well and truly underway. You hoped it had convinced them to follow you into the bunker, to bury them underground so their thoughts were safe from attack from. Oh, psychic vampires. Yeah. Things like you, I spit. You gave them one last test of faith. One last chance to follow you into your rabbit hole of madness. And they refused. For that, you killed them. Fuck you, I say, and my voice is quivering. You're nothing but a lying sack of psychic shit. Do you think I can't feel you probing my thoughts? Gaslighting me. I wish I was lying, Mr. Fulton. I really do. The vampire sighs and rises from the table. I feel bad for you, truthfully. Sooner or later you're going to realize you were wrong. I don't know if it's going to happen when I leave this room, or when you get to prison. But it will happen, and when it does, it's going to break you. He heads for the door, grabs the handle, and then stops. For what it's worth, I looked into those conspiracies of yours. Some were pretty convincing. They laid it out in easy-to-understand terms, made sensible links between the vampires the pyramids, and the moon landing. He chuckles to himself. I guess the only problem I had was that at the end of the day, none of their shit stood up to reality. 
It only made sense in a vacuum. As soon as you looked outside the conspiracy community. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. As soon as you realized how many little lives you needed to be fed to make the big lives seem palatable, well, that's when the whole facade broke for me. He grips the door frame, shakes his head, and laughs. It's more exciting than reality, though. I'll give you that. He exits the room, leaving me alone in his elaborate set. I take a moment to admire the detail in the projector screen, the crispness of the sound system, and the smell of fresh coffee. It's impressive. He went to great lengths to pull the wool over my eyes, but unfortunately for him, I'm not a sheep. My eyes find his laptop on the table and I pull it toward me, surprised to find that the internet is still functional. Good. I just needed to update my blog one last time to let the world know that no matter what insane story the vampires weave, they never fooled me, never fed on me. I know the nukes fell. I know we beat back the psychic assholes, and I know human civilization is in ashes. I also know it's for the best. My family, if they were still here, would be proud of me for doing what was right. The only thing I can't quite explain is the blinds. There's something about the way they dance up and down in front of the projection of the open window. The way I can feel the coolness of a breeze that's hard to explain. Part of me wants to get up and check, just to make sure they're fake. But then I think about how pointless that'd be. After all, I already know the truth. Now, that was the end of my tale. I hope you enjoyed yourself, listening while escaping the world you live in. That is all for today. Safe travels, and a blessed day. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.